Mm-hmm. You see him jogging off the field, though. Probably just got a sack, but I digress, and I let Teddy introduce our guest for today. Thank you, Eric. Hailing from Toledo, Ohio, today's guest was a standout at the University of Michigan. Go Wolverines, baby. A man nicknamed the Big Worm. This gentleman has a total of 106 tackles in the National Football League. And we, we can't forget that 9.5 sacks. I am proud and honored to present the starting defensive end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one and only Mr. Chris Wormley. What is up, man? How you doing? Eric, Teddy, I'm um, doing good, man. I was talking to Eric just you know, right before we went live and just enjoying the summer in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, man, I'm happy to be on the show for a little bit and, and talk some ball and and uh, and just kind of hang out for a little bit. So appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, let's get into it. Yeah, and you know, Chris, it's we're gonna we're gonna kind of take a, a little bit of a journey back, and I like to start with the early years. And researching you made me feel young and old, as we're around the same age. You're born in October of '93, on May of '94, but you're much larger than me, so I felt a little bit better. But you attended Whitmer High School in Toledo, Ohio, where you were an All-State football player. And I mean, that's just the first step because you enrolled in Michigan in 2012. You unfortunately, during training camp, you tore your ACL. But I mean, I guess fortunately it happened prior to the season. So you received that medical red shirt, right? Yeah, it was um, It was actually the first uh, two a day of my, of my freshman year at Michigan, the last play of, of practice, uh, which was unfortunate at the time. But um, it allowed me to, like you said, get that medical red shirt, it allowed me to kind of take a step back and see how college life really is, not only uh, football-wise, but but in school, you know, uh, the social life, parties, and things like that. Um, really allowed me to, to, to have a, a much calmer freshman year unless I was, you know, playing like I, like I was supposed to play right away. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, um, yeah, made, made the most of it and um, came out the other end and, and still playing ball, so it, it's cool. And I mean, enjoy that year you did, but the next year you bounce back. And now coming back from, from an injury, what is the process that goes into returning, especially into a football scene? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not only just the physical aspect of getting, I told my ACL, so getting my knee, you know, healthy and, and feeling as good as it can. It's, it's also a big mental game. Um, you know, I tore it, like I said, the second week of the, seat, the of training camp, you know, the second two-a-day practice or the first two day practice and just being able to um, go through all of this without being at home. You know, I was at home for the last 18 years. I was, uh, now I'm stepping into this new role as trying to find my classes on this big university campus, trying to, uh, you know, acclimate myself to a new life while also rehabbing this knee on crutches, walking around the university was, was not a lot of fun, but not only, like I said, was the physical, but, but the mental aspect of um, knowing how far to push yourself, Knowing when to take a step back and and uh, allow the knee just to heal, um, that was a, a process in itself. Um, and it really took almost a full year be- until I was uh, really ready to to play ball again. I mean, ready to play ball you were, and you know, you during your time at Michigan. So first two seasons, you appear in twenty five games. You start six of them, and as a junior, you started ten games, two sacks, eight TFLs. Your senior season, those where you really shined. You and Jake Butt, and I love that last name on this. I'm sure everyone does. Were selected as captains of the team. 
your name to the watch list for the Bronco Nagurski Trophy and Chuck Bendrick, gosh, those are some long last names, award as the best defensive player in college football. And for the season, he had 39 tackles, nine TFLs, six sacks, being named to the all Big Ten defensive team and second team All-American. Whew, I'm tired just saying all that. But you capped off your college career quite, quite the spark. So, yeah, uh, it was it really was a process. You know, that first year coming back from like from my ACL, it was um, it was pretty rough. Um, and then that, that the next year, you know, I started to get in my groove a little bit. Um, and then our, our head coach, Brady Hope, got fired and, and Jim Harbaugh came um, for my last two years. And that's where I really picked up my stride. Um, I thought about leaving um, after my junior year. Um, there was some buzz there of maybe me um, leaving there, and I had some opportunities, I think, to to have played, you know, in the NFL after my junior year. But um, I really wanted to, you know, like you said, kind of put the cap on my on my college career, um, cement myself as a draft pick, um, and I had my best season my, my last year. So um, I think I think staying for a fifth year was was what was well worth it. The cliche "saving the best for last" was very true in this scenario, and you're selected by the Ravens in the third pick or the third round, 74th pick, the 2017 draft. And the Ravens obtained that pick by trading Timmy Jernigan to the Eagles. Now I know Teddy wants to hop in and ask a question about that, Chris. I don't assume that people drink, but if you did, what did you drink when you got drafted? Oh man, so uh, the boys were over. My college roommates were over, and. Uh... We just had a. They got me this massive bottle of just you know cheap champagne, so I popped that, and uh, you know we had a good time that night. Um, but nothing too crazy, you know. When you're in college, you're just trying to find, you know, the, the cheap natty lights or or the cheap champagne and stuff like that. So um, nothing too nothing too fancy, but uh, we definitely enjoyed ourselves. I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Look, there's yeah. cheap champagne for many occasions, birthdays, graduate, eh, maybe not graduations. You're getting drafted to the NFL, and they can't even get. The middle tier, like if they got Andre brand champagne or, oh gosh. No, man, it was just, you know, the the boys were, you know, just graduating college too. So we were, we, we hadn't made any money yet. So we were just, you know, looking to have a good time. And, and whether it was the, you know, bottle of Ace of Spades for $1,000 or, you know, the cheap stuff for 40 bucks, we, we were going to have a good time no matter what. Okay. Well, as le- as long as it's cheap as 40, I was thinking those five to ten dollar bottles. So 40 it's, is okay. It was, like, it was like a half gallon. So, you know, maybe the smaller bottles would have been about five to ten bucks. So okay. All but right. I, I feel better now. My my wasn't wasn't it wasn't sophisticated back then. You know, I was like <laughs> I said, the lights and the fireball and all that good stuff. So um, you know, it's it's a lot a lot can change in five years though. <laughs> now, Chris, speaking of that draft, when a team trades away, you know, a player to obtain a pick. What was that feeling like? Do you feel even more appreciated or is there more of a, you know, a pressure to perform? Yeah. And, and Timmy Jernigan was, was a D lineman for the Ravens. So um, when they, when they traded a pick away and, and I didn't really realize it when I was getting drafted, I wasn't really paying attention to the teams that were, you know, trading up, trading down, trading picks away. Uh, but, you know, the week after they're like, yeah, you know, you got traded or the Ravens, uh, you know, traded away a player to gain a pick, and you were the pick, and um, so yeah, there's there's a little added pressure to that. You know, you're you're a higher draft pick. Um, you're, I was a day two guy, so there was a, that pressure um, already on myself, and I wanted to be able to perform right away. Um, but that first year, I think I only maybe played in seven games, and, and didn't really um, come into my in, into my playing how I've been playing this last couple of years until. I think my, you know, right around the, the, the halfway point of my second year and into my third year there. So 
Um, you know, it was a process at Michigan those first couple of years, and it was a process in the league for those first couple of years. So um, I'm I'm no stranger to to putting the work in and, and you know being patient with things. But um, when things start to click, man, it, it's it's fun. Yeah, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned how the process. And I mean, you make your debut October eighth, twenty seventeen. You got twenty four snaps. You get your fir- your first career tackle against the Raiders. The following week, you made your first start against the Bears recording two tackles and a QB hit. So like you're, like you said, you're making your first kind of hit in the NFL real talk. Yeah. And um, even then, like I was, I dressed for, I think a, a handful of games. Um, and then I would, and I sat for a handful of games and then kind of up and down, up and down. Um, and sometimes I would dress and only play, you know, three or four snaps. Um, so just that process of not getting too down on yourself and just knowing that uh, if I continue to put the work in, continue to uh, strive for what I want, um, you know, I, I can make a career out of this and, and going into my sixth year, I've, I've, I've done just that. So it's, it's, it's nice to see that the hard work I've put in all these years is, is finally paying off. And I mean, hard work did pay off as, you know, I'm sure you remembered who QB'd for the Bears. Hint, it's the Carolina guy. Now, you know, it's Mitch Trubisky. I'll, I'll just throw the answer out there. Uh, I know it wasn't a sack, but your job is to get after the quarterback. And that you did, Chris. Um, did this feel like a welcome moment, you know, to you in your, in, in the NFL? I think, I think the welcome moment to me was when I tackled Marshawn Lynch that first game that I, that I dressed, um, he was playing for the Raiders and, you know, that's, that's beast mode. That's the guy that, you know, has those viral videos of, of shedding off 10 different, uh, you know, tacklers and, you know, whole, you know, doing his little celebration. You did what Tracy Porter couldn't, Tracy Porter couldn't tackle him and you did. <laughs> And a lot of guys can't couldn't tackle him, so I think my welcome to the league was was when I got to tackle him, and, and that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think just that, like I, like we talked about, just that rookie season was really just a process of me figuring out what type of player am I going to be, and 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 you know how how can I stay in this league for as long as possible? Yeah, and I mean that rookie season, you had five tackles, including that mentioned QB hit, and the following season you stepped it up. Talking about that process, sixteen tackles, two TFLs, two QB hits five pass deflections, and a sack. So we're really watching you grow as a player. And the following season, you had arguably one of the best career games against the Bengals, division rival with a career-high four tackles, two sacks, and two QB hits. I hope you got the game ball that one. <laughs> I didn't get the game ball. Oh! Well, but, uh, you know, like I said, any, any way that I can contribute to the team and, and continuing to grow, um, I was excited for that. That was one of my better games, like you said. Um so yeah, it's it's always a process, like we're talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's always fun to contribute to the team as as much as you can. So after the 2019 season, you're traded to the Steelers, a division rival, and the Ravens Steelers is arguably one of the best and most physical rivalries in football. So I think it's really interesting that a business decision was made between these two teams. Now, having played on both sides, can you give some insight into what the rivalry is like? Is everything kind of for show on the field or is there animosity that carries beyond it? Yeah, I think there's definitely animosity. Um, I grew up a Steelers fan. So I grew up watching this rivalry, um, you know, Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu and, and, and Ray Lewis, um, those kind of guys, you know, getting after big Ben, you know, on, on Sunday night football, you know, my parents let me stay up a little later to, to watch those games. Um, so I, I had an understanding as a fan of, of what it was, but when I stepped on the field and, and was playing against Ben Roethlisberger for the first time uh, when I was with the Ravens, I was like, okay, this is a little different. 
Uh, on the field, there's definitely that heated, um, you know, spirit, heated rivalry, um, and maybe even some bad blood. But at the end of the day, um, we're all professionals. We're all looking to, you know, get off the field healthy. Um, and being on both sides now, you kind of can you – know, I have friends still on the Ravens, and, and we talk still to this day. So um, it's, it's a rivalry, no doubt. But I think at the end of the day, like I said, we're all professionals and we're all just trying to, to get out healthy. But, but we're still trying to kick the other team's ass and, and, and win a game. So um, it's, it's, it's definitely heated in between the lines for 60 so, minutes. So, so you step up and you, there's that intensity where you're like, we're bringing it extra today. We're, we're making sure we wrap up extra harder. But there, that fine, like, like you said, of no you know, low hits, you're not trying to injure someone. Yeah, you're just trying to make as many plays as you can. That, that's your job as a football player. Um, you're trying to win, especially in an in-division game, a rivalry game, and uh, you know a team that is usually it's either it's either you're going to be us or the or the Ravens that are going to win the win the division. Uh, you know every year. That's true. Um, the Bengals are, are playing really well now too, um, and the Browns too. So I think our, I think our whole entire division, especially this year, um, is going to be one of the most competitive, right up there with the AFC West. Um, so it's going to be exciting to to go to battle and and fight for that AFC North crown. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's arguably the most physical division, those games just between the rivalries. Um, it always seems like there is never a shortage of entertainment, but I mean, Chris, talking about your first season with the Steelers, you unfortunately suffered a knee injury week seven, but I mean, you came off the best season of your career in 2021. You set career highs in almost every categories, 51 tackles, 10 QB hits, six tackles for loss, seven sacks. I mean, we got to give a hand up for that. I mean, year six, and we're we're still cooking with gas. So, um, yeah, man. Um, like you said, the first year when I got traded, I really was looking to make an impact on the team, and, and I kind of was battling some injuries throughout camp, um, and, and got hurt and was put on IR for three weeks during the middle of the season. So, um, didn't get to make the impact that I knew that I could have uh, that first year with the team in 2020. Um, but last year, like you said, was by far my most productive year. Um, I, I made a lot of big plays in, in some crunch time um, situations, which was fun. Um, but just to be able to kind of like how I talk about just the process, you know, of, of not getting down. Um, I didn't play. I think I played the least amount of snaps that year just with injuries and things like that. Then even then I did um, in, in my first year in 2017. So I'm um, just trying to stay level headed as possible and knowing that if I am healthy, that I can contribute in a way that that I haven't before and giving the opportunity. Um, it was it was the right recipe for for success for me that year. Now, Chris, it seems like each year you are getting better and better. You're trusting the process more. So, what are some personal goals for this upcoming season? I think for me is is just to you know kind of replicate what I did last year, uh, play with a little more confidence than I did. Um, and I think for me, it's just getting getting into a rhythm of of knowing you know the team that we're playing. Um, getting in there early and often, making the plays, and, and just continually gain that confidence. Um, but I know the type of player that I am. I know the type of player that um, I, I can be when I'm out there and given that opportunity like I was last year. So I'm looking to uh, continue to help the team as much as possible. Um, I'm trying to win my first playoff game. I've been to the playoffs four years in a row and and have been and, and have lost that that game that first game. So um, more of a team goal. Definitely want to win win a playoff game and, and make it to the Super Bowl is the ult- ultimate goal. Um, but for me, you know, I'm going into my last year of my contract with the Steelers. So um, this is another big year for me. So I'm excited to to kind of put my talents on display again and, uh, you know, see where that leads me. This is a big year for you. And it's also a big year for the Steelers. And look, 
the elephant in the room is there's some big change. Ben Roethlisberger retired this past offseason, and for the first time in almost 20 years, there's going to be change and open competition at quarterback. But I, what I don't think people talk about enough is how well the Steelers are managed with Mike Tomlin. They've never had a losing season in his tenure, and in a sport where we've seen minorities passed over for coaching positions, he's one of the most respected coaches in the league. So you've been with the organization over two years now. At this at this point, how would you describe the culture that Mike Tomlin has for the team? I think it's it's the best culture I've been around. And, uh, you know, John Harbaugh at, at the Ravens um, is another highly respected, highly successful coach in the NFL. Um, and I, I, I really like that culture as well when I was there for three seasons. Um, but it's just something about Mike Tomlin and, and, and the way that he conducts not only football, but just his day-to-day life um, and how he interacts with us on, on, on a more personal level that um, I really, and I think a lot of the, the, the guys on the team um, can respect and, and can, uh, you know, want, want to play behind and want to, um, you know, go, you know, essentially go to battle with each week. Um, when you know a guy like that who loves football just as much as all of us do and, and, and you know, maybe even more so, um, you know, that we, we're, we're, we're put in a good position to, to succeed. And with Mike Tomlin, you know, anything's possible. And, and we're excited for this season as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting is the Steelers line for uh, wins this season is seven and a half. And I feel like you have to bet the over because he hasn't had a losing season. So I think, obviously, I think that, you know, whatever Caesars or, or Vegas has going on with the, the line books or, um, you know, I would like to see what the, the odds are for that. But um, if I was a betting man, definitely bet the over on that. It's, it's Mike mean, and, and the Steelers haven't had a losing season in 15 plus years. Um, I mean, you can kind of go down the list of, of ways that, you know, we're, we're going to be a successful team no matter, you know, what the, what the big changes are. Um, our defense is, is, is stacked again, so I'm excited for that. We revamped our offensive line. Um, we have really good weapons at receiver in our tight end and, and Friar Muth. Najee Harris is going to continue to, to be a great running back and, and um, you know, put on for our team. And then Mitch Trubisky, um, he, led the, he led the Bears to, to you know, two playoffs. Uh, appearances in, in, in four years when he was the starting quarterback there. And I think we have a lot of uh, – I think his weapons in Pittsburgh are better than his weapons were in Chicago. So I'm excited for him to for him to lead the team. Um, and, and like you said, that quarterback position battle is going to be is going to be fierce in camp. Is Mitch the leader right now to win the job? I know Kenny Pickett's a rookie. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, Mike T's talked about in the, in the media a little bit about um, Mitch being QB1, so I'm excited for that. Um but, you know, anything can happen in camp. There's three preseason games um, and, you know, there's 30 practices or whatever it is for camp. So um, there, there's a there's a lot of uh, a ball to be played before that decision is final. Um, but I'm excited for 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 that for that competition. It's it's always fun to watch in camp. Yeah. And that was enough talk about Mitch Trubisky. We've mentioned him twice because but now, Chris, we're going back to you. And you recently held your first youth football camp for the Toledo community. And I want to emphasize that it was free. Yeah. Where did the inspiration come up for this event and how is the turnout? Uh, inspiration came, I don't know, when I was going to, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a football player by the name of Jeremy Lincoln who um, is from Toledo, uh, played at Tennessee and, and had a free football camp at Toledo for over 20 years. Um, he's kind of my mentor. Um, so that, that, that thought has always been in the back of my mind since I was a little kid. Um, you know, if I get to the NFL, I want to be able to give back to my community the way that, that Jeremy did for so many years. Um, but it, it really got put into motion um, this past off season in January uh, with my high school. And 
Um, I really wanted it to be a free camp and we got, you know, all the sponsors that we needed to be able to um, give these kids a, a free day of, of learning and fun. Um, they got some cool swag bags. They got a free lunch. Um, but just to be able to, to give back to my, com- to my community um, who supports me to this day is was something that was really important to me. And the turnout was great. Um, we had about 150 kids um, and it was, it was a really fun day. So I was, I'm, I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to do it for as long as I can. Well, I love hearing that. And, um, you know, those kids are really fortunate that, you know, you're looking out for them. I know a lot of people it, with the capitalistic society we live in, uh, you know, if they can make uh, a quick buck off their name, they will. And I just think that speaks more to your character. And I mean, we're speaking with Chris Wormley, current defensive end for the Steelers, a great guy all around. Chris, we like to get our athletes out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this or that questions, not all football related. And I guarantee you've not been asked some. You game? I'm game. Let's do it. All right. So the better jersey to wear, and I'm just talking about how it looks visually, the Ravens purple or the Steelers black? Uh, I think the Steelers black. So my, my one thing with the Steelers or the Ravens purple is that kind of makes you look like Barney because you got the purple jersey. <laughs> The purple pants, um, the jersey hanging up like a frame is really cool looking, but wearing that uh, doesn't really accentuate, I guess, how good you can look. And the black is all sleek. Um, I, I was a Steelers fan growing up, so when those black jerseys were out, you knew it was it was something special. It was either a Monday night game, Thursday night game, Sunday night game. So um, when those when those jerseys are out, you know it's a, it's a big game. Okay, I figured you'd pick the current team that you're on. Would you rather get a game with two sacks or your first interception? Oh, two sacks, no doubt. Uh, you don't want it. You don't want an interception, though. You don't want it because the sacks will say you don't get a forced fumble. Interception—that's a turnover. Uh, I'm gonna take the sacks. Sacks is what gets D lineman paid, and uh, to be able to uh, to get two sacks in a game doesn't happen often, and neither does an interception. But um, my job is to get sacks, and, and I get paid based off of that. So you, you can keep the interception. <laughs> okay. All right. What if it what if it was two interceptions? It's two and two. You still taking the sacks? Uh, I mean, at that point, two interceptions definitely changes the you know the chances <laughs> of the game. So I, I might take the, the interceptions if there's two. Um, but those sacks are still you know I, th- I think they, they weigh pretty heavy too. They're they're the money maker. I get it. I get it. For one year, would you rather every shower you take be cold or you have to sleep on the hardwood floor? Oh, cold showers. I, I, I like cold showers uh, as it is, and, and I like the cold baths, you know, after a hard workout or after a hot day. Um, so I'll take a cold shower any day than sleeping on a, on a hard floor. I need I need a comfortable bed. I need my, my good eight hours of sleep. So, uh, yeah, hard work can, can kiss my ass. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a good one that you have. I'm, I'm disappointed that the first three haven't really made you think, but hopefully this one yeah. does. Here we go. Would, you ra- would you rather clog the toilet at the in the locker room at the office or at your lady's house on the first date? Oh, I mean the office. It's like the, like the football locker room. Yeah, let's let's say uh, Art Rooney's office. Yeah, I'm sure he has a, a private oh, bathroom. Not now you're making me think. If it's the owner's bathroom, I might just if it's a first date. I'm, I've I've been married and I've been with my girl since I was a sophomore in high school. So me me taking a poop around her isn't isn't too big of a deal. But if it's a first date. I still might take the first date because that's that's the owner. He writes my checks, and uh, if I if I'm able to use his bathroom, I must be pretty special anyway. So, first date for sure. All right, I had to make you think a little bit on that one. I figured you do. You don't want to mess up the money. Yeah. So, what's your best Halloween costume? I saw you and your lady dressed up as Aladdin and Jasmine one year. 
Anything yeah. top that? Um, I was a clown, I think, the year before that. Um, what was I growing up? I was a judge at one point growing up, like an old-time judge with, like, the curly white hair. Oh, yeah. Um, but that Aladdin, I think, was pretty cool, too. Um, it made the Instagram. Yeah, I made the Instagram. So that, that might be the best one, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I figured it was. It was. It was very well pulled off. Yeah, appreciate you. What's your favorite cereal? Uh, probably Golden Grams. And if you don't, oh, know, oh gosh. Uh, uh, also, okay, so Golden So when I go to the store, and I I don't rarely ever have cereal, um, but if I'm going to the store, I'm going to get Golden Grams and Fruity Pebbles. Do you mix them? No, you can't mix them. Oh, well, some people do. I mean, I, um, I don't think you could do those two because just the taste yeah. is so different. But well, I, I mean, like Fruity Pebbles as an answer better than Golden Grams. Like, think about after one bowl, I just wouldn't want any more. It's too honey-ish. I like it. You don't have to like it. That's true. <laughs> that's that's true. fair. I'm you trying have- to I'm trying to peer pressure someone that's a foot taller than me. And okay, so what's your answer? Right? What's your what's your what's your guys' favorite cereals? Uh, are you familiar with the Halloween one count Chocula? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's a, that's a terrible, I, I'm not a big chocolate fan. So like that, that answer is worse than, you know, like just regular Cheerios or. Oh, like, wow. Well, wow. Cereal. I'm a lucky charms guy. I just got to put it out there. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. Charms. Meeting in the middle, in the middle, doing the handshakes emoji on fruity pebbles. That's okay. Nice. We can agree with that for sure. No All doubt. Right. That that was a good question, and we got a couple couple more here. Do you have any tattoos outside Big Worm on the inside of your lip? <laughs> uh, I do. I have. Um, so my daughter, her name is Spade. Um, so I have Spade on my wrist. Uh, my wife and I got that right after she was born uh, a couple years ago. So just those two. But yeah, the, the Big Worm tattoo, I I see maybe like once or twice a year when I'm when I'm getting my teeth cleaned. And the, the dentist is like, oh, nice tattoo. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I've had this in my mouth for like eight years now, and I just just forget about it sometimes. I told you I did some stalking on social media. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that one always comes up. It's like, I can't believe you, you know, you have a tattoo on the inside of your mouth. And did it hurt? And were you drunk when you got it? And, you know, all these, all these questions start popping up. And it's like, no, I just, my buddy, one of my teammates at Michigan, his brother was in town from Utah and was a tattoo artist. And uh, he, he did it in, in the dorm room for like 20 bucks on like a random Tuesday. So, uh, and it was supposed to be gone like three or four years ago. And it's, it's, it's still lingering around and, and still looks pretty good. So I think it's here to stay. I love it. I love it. So speaking of the worm, when was the last time you did the worm? Oh, man. Maybe like junior high or high school. People are like, oh, you should do it for your sack dance. And I'm like, that takes so much like effort and like, it, it, I mean, maybe, I, I mean, I'd have to practice it beforehand and like practicing the worm just, I'm a big dude and I got a lot of weight moving around. So like yeah. trying to control that is going to be, it would be tough, but maybe if I get two interceptions in a game, I'll, I'll do the worm for the second one. I, I like that. I can also see the danger in that. Cause I feel like it's borderline taunting with the NFL rules. And I yeah. mean, let's, let's be real with all the equipment. I mean, you're pushing down on on your front side where the male genital area is it's not it's not crazy to think that you could potentially hurt that doing it i don't want to hurt that i don't want to i don't want to be fined you know 20 grand for doing some excessive that's a lot 
That's a lot of that's a lot of diapers. That's a lot of you know things I got to pay for my daughter. So thinking of it that way, it's like, eh, maybe the worm's not not the best thing to do. So, but I have I have thought about it, but not, not too much in depth. But okay, so speaking of uh, of a dance you do when you get a big play, have you been practicing your Dikembe Mutombo finger wag? Uh, I think the last time I did that might have been my third year uh, against the 49ers. Yeah, for the, well, I'm a 49ers fan. So I was watching that play, and yep. you get a pass deflection, fourth and two, and yep. you do that. But I'll be honest, it, it wasn't the best. I And that's why I've been wondering if you've been working on it. I mean, I guess I have it, but you know, next time we play the 49ers, I'll have to uh, to do it again and, and and make sure I send it to you. I'd be honored if you did it. Um, I, I, you know, I guess I have to hope that they're blowing the Steelers out and you get it at the end, and you know, 49ers get a win. But you well, still that, get your that, that in that is in that instant. It was I think they were up by like one or two, and I block it fourth and two, and then we go down and kick a game-winning field goal. Uh, so you know. If my Dikembe Mutombo finger wag isn't up to par with you, then I'll take the win any day, you know? Here's the thing. I'll root for a 49ers win, but I'll root for you to get your stats. Like, whoever's quarterback can throw interceptions, get sacks. They got out an ugly victory, and hopefully you get paid down the road. But, Chris, I saved the best best question for last. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once, or you have to talk like him the rest of your life? Am I getting paid to fight Mike Tyson? No. <laughs> but you have training, so we don't just throw you in cold turkey. Mike Tyson right now at like 55? Or Mike Tyson yes. like... No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you prime Mike Tyson. That's just... I, I, then it's not a tough question. We'll say Mike Tyson now because Mike Tyson can, can still scrap. I, I think if I fight him... I'm probably going to get knocked out and then I'm going to end up talking like him anyways because of the head trauma. You're six, five. You, you don't think that you could take Mike Tyson. At that? We'll give you like a couple months training. Hell no. He's had 40 years of training. Mike you Tyson. Youth. Yeah. You have youth. Oh man. You have youth too then. I, hey, I'm five five. Okay, I'm not even bigger than him. All right, you fight Manny Pacquiao, and I'll fight Mike Tyson, and then we'll see. You know, we'll both fight him. How about this? I'll I'll try and do that. Um, <laughs> if I if I die, it's a good way to die. Um, I you've done a very good job of turning the tables on me, and yeah, see, um, you got to you got to make sure you can you can think about it on on your end because fighting Mike Tyson, there's there's no way in hell I'm fighting Mike Tyson. Maybe in I 10 years, he's, you know, 65. We interviewed, so we had Chris Evans from the Bengals, another active player on, who's yeah. smaller than you and said, no, nah, I'm taking him. I, I'll, I'll lose, whatever. I, I think I could take him a couple rounds. No shot. Ah, Chris, so humble, so humble. I, but I, I just I just know myself, like I'm not, I would I would fight any other, I'd, I'd fight any any NFL player over Mike Tyson right now. You would you would you fight would you fight Vontez Perfect if he was still playing? Mike Tyson, absolutely. Would you fight um, Andre Johnson, the receiver? Yeah, if he was, I'm sure you've seen that video where he's thrown Dukes at Cortland Finnegan. Yes, over Mike Tyson, a hundred percent. 
Tyson um, is the, one of the greatest boxers to ever live and still can throw down. Okay, who is the player? This is this is a bonus one, and maybe maybe you won't answer this if you don't want to give anything away. Who are you intimidated by most in the NFL right now? Like playing up against them, or like fighting in a in a boxing fighting match? them, fighting them in a boxing match. Whoa. I don't know. What about Indomitian Sue? You would fight Indomitian Sue over Mike Tyson? Yeah. Wow. The. None of these none of these NFL players are are professional boxers. You know, so if we're in a boxing match and I have to decide if I want to face an NFL player who's who's big and strong and fast and athletic, or Mike Tyson, who's the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time, it's like it's it's not it's like a, it's like a no brainer. I mean, you're a smart guy. That, and not to say that I'm a better fighter or a better boxer than these NFL players, but they're not better than Mike Tyson. I mean, that's true. So I guess if you had to fight, who is the person that you'd want to fight least in the NFL right now, player-wise? To fight least? Yeah. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't want to hurt the franchise quarterback. That's a good answer. <laughs> good answer. That's a good answer, Chris. You're a you're smart not, guy. You're not, not going to make me say something crazy. I I just figured you'd pick a, a a guy that's bigger than you, since you're probably bigger than most of them. But you gave the smart answer. There we go. But I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Chris, we really appreciate you coming on and chopping it up with us. Um, before we get you out of here, we want to give you the floor. Anything to plug where they can find you on the socials, some of the good stuff you're working on. Uh, let me check my Instagram. I always forget what my names are on social media. So let me find my phone. Instagram is big underscore 143. Twitter is, uh, I don't know, what is it? Chris underscore warmly 43. Um, but no, just trying to, you know, get, get into more into the community of Pittsburgh and Toledo, um, and just give back as much as I can, but nothing really to plug, man. I'm, I'm, I'm I had a great time with you guys. Appreciate you having me on. And, uh, I look forward to being on sometime soon. Yeah. And uh, for those tuning in, make sure you watch some Chris Wormley highlights. Make sure you follow him on the socials. A great guy. And, um, you know, hopefully someone that is going to have his best year of yet. And for everybody that watches Triple Play, we really appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks, guys.